All right, welcome everybody to our latest podcast on the MX Vice Network, where we're going to chat some AMA Supercross, talk about Brad's testing work with MX Vice and have a general chat about the sport. Before we get cracking, we'd first like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the site. We definitely really appreciate it. Any feedback you have on the content, if you're enjoying it, if you wanted something improved, just let us know. We're always happy to hear from you guys because you guys are definitely instrumental in making it all happen. Before we welcome Brad, I'd just like to thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Box, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, the Cherbies, ASU Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. Also, a big shout out to Whole Shop Motorhomes for jumping on board to sponsor these upcoming podcasts. Whole Shop Motorhomes is a UK specialist motorhome dealer for Motorthought Transport. They specialise in garage motorhomes and race vans that are suitable for a wide variety of sports such as motocross, enduro, karting, mountain biking, and more. They know that one of the ingredients for a great race weekend is having good transport that's easy to load and keeps your bike secure during transport. And of course, it needs to be comfortable to make sure on the money when it comes to race time. As long-time weekend racers, they understand all of this and speak your language. So go and check out their website and the Commander Motorhome especially. This one's sure to fit your needs. So yeah, check them out online. And we also have an article on MX Vice and a YouTube video on our channel to check it out if you want to see more and all the features they have available. So yeah, big thanks to them and the listeners. So but yeah, welcome, Brad. How's life? And thanks for joining us, mates. Fresh from Spain at the Kawasaki test. Looked like a ripper event and looked like you had a pretty solid track to work with. And they got some great content and a really excellent bike to test out. Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty pretty darn good. The uh, obviously went off from testing the new fox v3 rs uh then over to spain with kawasaki for the new the launch of the 2024 450 which is pretty much all new for this well for next year uh whole new frame engines pretty much all new all new plastics uh whole new filter assembly basically from the ground up there's not a lot you can uh you can swap over i'm pretty sure it's just the forks clamps and your wheels but I don't think Kawasaki recommend you change your change the wheels over run run twenty three wheels just because the twenty four has a a thicker rear hub, so they don't want um don't want you running the twenty three wheels. But they say you can swap for them; they just don't recommend it. But I think you probably would be fine. Um. So yeah, but Rocco's Ranch just outside Barcelona, pretty uh hell of a venue. For anyone who's never been, it's it's pretty mad. It's right in the town. Um, there's four different tracks. There's like a main outdoor track. There's a a slightly smaller, deeper, sandier track, which is floodlit. There's like a flat track. There's a super enduro loop. There's yeah, there's there's a fair amount there. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, like a real nice sort of cafe area with Wi-Fi and changing rooms and. You can you can sort of go there, leave your bike there. There's like a garage set, a garage garage setup. Um, yeah, hell of a setup, and yeah, for you probably would have seen videos of it on Instagram and Facebook and things. There's a section, quite a, a relatively fast sweeper into a a big step up. It's uh, it's basically like a double double, but you see some lads just hanging out. Hanging it out and going like triple single, and it's a pretty big, pretty big leap. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm ashamed to say I did not attempt <laughs> rock the leap, but um, there was some ge- some German dude there who did 
did jump it, which um was a bit devastating until I until he told me that he was aiming to do Anaheim two next year, oh, as wow. well as all the European MXGP rounds. So made me feel a little bit better. So <laughs> yeah, he was he was he was pretty tasty. So um but yeah. Bikes, the bike was great. Pretty much everything you'd expect from a Kawasaki, the way it rides, handles, superb, great traction, super plush. They still got the show of suspension, so yeah, handles really well. Um, yeah, there's not really <clears throat> much else to say about it in terms of handling. Um, I've heard on a few of the American. Uh, reviews that people were saying it's a little bit flat off the bottom. Um, <clears throat> I know they were testing at Glen Helen, and a lot of them said it was ripped relatively deep. Um, and it was also ripped quite deep where we were, but I didn't, I wouldn't say it was flat off the bottom, not really a, a word I'd use to describe a 450. Um, yeah, I mean, is is it the like the pokiest 450 I've ridden? No, probably not, but. Was I coming out of corners thinking, fucking hell, this thing is an absolute piece of shit? Uh, no, I wasn't. If, uh, if the way I looked at it is, um, the people that are buying these bikes, the people that they're marketing them to, are <clears throat> are not generally riders that are riding three days a week, twice on weekends, and all that's all that. They're riding <clears throat> once a week maybe twice if they're lucky they're not the sort of people that are they're not in the gym every day they're weekend warriors pretty much like myself like most of the uk and really is perfect for someone like that because you get it too hard hitting on the bottom and it just wears you out and you end up just riding the bike round for 12 minutes rather than actually racing the thing for 20 like you're supposed to way Um, more fun yeah yeah, just yeah, you're basically you're able to race the bike. It's it's I had the same situation this year. I rode a, a twenty twenty two KX four fifty. Um yeah, that's probably <clears throat> the most competitive I've been since like I was pretty much yeah, pretty, probably ever really. Um just because I was able to race the bike. Um I had a a Rockstar Husky four fifty the year before and like the thing goes like shit off a stick but it's just after after like four or five laps and just blowing out my ring and like the the when you start riding when you're tired and you can't ride like you're supposed to the suspension stops working like it's supposed to and it's just a vicious circle um you start hitting bumps differently you start hitting ruts differently and then you just end up feeling like shit whereas you're out even quicker so yeah, I think personally the bike is absolutely fine. I mean, if you do want a little bit more off the bottom, there is, uh, you can adjust the mapping on the bike with the new tuner app. Bear in mind, it is fucking dead confusing. <laughs> um, so you I'm going to ask you maybe about that. worth. Yeah, I mean, fuck me, it is something else. If if for anyone who's seen, for anyone who got a Yamaha 2023 450. It's the same as that with the with the graph. Um, it's dead confusing, and does take a lot of sort of thinking, getting used to. So, for anyone who does sort of want uh, a map with a bit more bottom end, I think your best bet is probably to 
go online, look for people that have found an app that works and you can just download the app, download the uh, the map to the app and then just put it straight into your bike rather than having to faff about changing numbers and all that jazz. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously by all means have a, have a play around with it and see what you think. I mean, I'm not the most technically um, gifted person uh not a computer whiz by any means so yeah i mean you may uh you may figure out how to do it but for me it was personally i think it's just a little bit too much for the average consumer yamaha obviously thought so as well because they went to just like a slide bar for this year so i kind of foresee that happening with kawasaki but that's kind of the only gripe i've got with the bike it's not really with the bikes with the app so yeah, personally, I think it's a great bike. The new filter system is very welcomed. The The old style of having to undo the seat bolts, undo subframe bolt, take the side panel off, undo the filter bolt, just a lot of flapping about. And now it's just uh, popping out two grommets, similar to the KTM, two metal clips, and you just slide it out. Yeah, swap the filter over, slide it back in pop the metal tabs over and pop the thing back in it's <clears throat> yeah it's like uh it's not even a, a minute job um yeah we just put a video yeah, up first... on youtube of you doing that too mate so anyone that's listening and wants to see it is just a quick sort of explainer there too isn't there mate yeah yeah i mean yeah super short video it's just a simple in out job it's um yeah it's super self-explanatory you could probably just look at look at the bike and figure it out for yourself but yeah if you do want to have a little look uh yeah mx vice youtube there is this very short video on pretty much how to do it but and a review up there yeah. too if anyone else wants to see that you've done too yeah yeah little sort of uh just a seven minute voiceover of the the kawasaki sent us a load of media little videos of me rodney and around it rocco's ranch so i've done a little voiceover sort of highlight some of the key points but We'll be doing like a, a main written review, which will be up on MX Vice in uh, about a week or so. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. That'll be a lot more in depth um, than the video. But, yeah, overall, impressed with the bike. It's an improvement on 23, which I guess is <clears throat> every, anything you could ask for of being a manufacturer is an improvement on the previous year. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see if they sort of follow suit with the 250F next year and do the sim similar upgrades, really. Yeah, it all looks pretty good. All the early reviews have been excellent. And I spoke to Taka, who was a key man, doing the testing in Japan and working with the guys in America and the MXGP lads as well. And yeah, the amount of work that he put into it was just excellent, amazing, incredible. They just sort of put so much time and testing and hours and trial and error into it. So I think they've developed a really excellent package. So yeah, really cool to hear your thoughts on it, mate. And I guess, how many hours mm. do you reckon you clocked on the bike overall? And any other sort of key features and aspects of the bike you'd mm. like to tell the fans? And it's pretty awesome, the setup they had. You were even mentioning they did like a classroom-style tutorial to explain a few things on the bike, like the app as well. So they certainly go all in, don't they, mate, to try and sort of give you the best experience and, you know, arm you with the knowledge yeah. to write these reviews <clears> and to get the most out of the bike and just to test it as you want to. Yeah, I mean, they're, <clears throat> they're super into the whole thing anything you want to change is is that you can't they do, you can't ask for too much um basically everyone got assigned their own bike with a number of graphics on um i was i got number three <clears throat> so there's a lot of feather jokes um 
But uh, yeah, I thought that was a great idea. Something that I think other manufacturers should definitely <clears throat> sort of do if you're going to do like a media launch to sign a bike to each rider, just because the amount of things you can change on these bikes nowadays is is just unfathomable. So it, um, it definitely makes it easier rather than having the mechanic having to put the thing back to stock after each time you come in. You can um, fiddle about with mats, fiddle about with bars, levers, sag, whatever you want. Um, <clears throat> so that was that was a real good idea. Um, yeah, so I I did a bit of fiddling with the maps, with the traction control, the launch control, and all sorts of things like that. Um, the I'm not. It comes with Dunlops MX thirty threes. Not a big Dunlop guy. Um, more of a Pirelli or Bridgestone fella. Um, and it kind of felt like the, the pressure was a little bit high, so I got them to knock knock a couple of psi at the back, um, which they were more than happy to do. Um, also, it comes with a Brembo front brake. So, if you're a Cowie guy, you've been used to a Nissan rear and front. But yeah, new Brembo brake for the front, not the rear, still a Nissan on the rear. But <clears throat> yeah, the Brembo has a real good feel to it. Um, coming off of a KTM a couple of years ago, kind of feels a lot more homey. Nissan can feel a little bit spongy after a while, but. Yeah, Brembo front brakes real nice. The Nissan brakes still still decent on the back. Um, yeah, I think just the yeah the the classroom thing was definitely welcomed because, like I said, the app was kind of confusing. Um, I don't know if it was a language barrier or the fact that the app is so confusing, but even the Kawasaki guy looked like he got a bit lost <laughs> at times. So, um. But yeah, they it was kind of split into two sessions. We went out, they sort of did a, a classroom thing with the with the app, and then we switched. Um and yeah, we kind of just listened to what he had to say. You could see it just flying over people's heads. Um and we were we, in the end we were just like, just just do something on the app and then just tell us what it is you've done. Um, which we found was the the best way to get to the bottom of what each bit did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a great great couple of days. We probably ended up doing probably near on two and a half hours of riding. I mean, we were there from ten o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night. Um, yeah, doing like twenty twenty five minute sessions a time. The we had a break. We had like a lunch break, and they. Rockers right sort of out sorted everyone out with sort of like a a starter and a main and it was yeah super chilled out got chatting to everyone and that's when I found out this guy was doing Anaheim too so <laughs> that made lunch a bit more bearable didn't feel the need to go out and send this massive triple after lunch um <laughs> but yeah and then went out and did a bit more riding and then had another little break waited for the sun to go down and they flick the uh flick the floodlights on. And went and did a couple of sessions in the dark, but I must admit was not a fan. Um <clears throat> the 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 dirt was quite dark and it was quite soft, so the rut you couldn't really see the bottom of the ruts, which kind of made it kind of sketchy. Um nearly had a few big moments, feet off the pegs, just <laughs> nearly flying over the berm down into Barcelona. But um yeah, ended up just like having a chat to myself, just like calm it down. Let's just 
cruise around and we'll we'll give it some beans when we get to the cameraman type thing. But um <laughs> yeah, I mean overall it was a it was a great the whole trip was great. Kawasaki spared no expense really. We went out for a real nice meal, like me and the Kawasaki UK guys on after the day. Uh and yeah, it was a great trip. And they said it's the first the first one they've done for like a number of years since 2018, I think. So hopefully um they sort of see the benefits of doing these sort of media launches and they yeah, do the same for the the KX two fifty next year. Cause I think I know Ross from Kawasaki UK was keen to go to the Glen Helen one this year, get the UK guys on the Glen Helen one. So hopefully next year if they update the KX two fifty Fingers crossed we go to the uh, the American media launch, which hopefully will be somewhere toasty, like Glen Helen or like somewhere in Florida. Like, yeah, be pretty, that'd be pretty decent. <laughs> yeah, man, it's pretty cool. Obviously, these companies, obviously, you've been to the Yamaha one. They certainly go all out and to give you guys a really good experience and to showcase their products really well. So any comparisons from the Yamaha one, which was in the south of France, wasn't it, mate? You know, you can sort of take away what you will from each one. But, yeah, both awesome to see that stuff going on, mate, because it's really great for the consumers to have people like yourself testing them and spreading the word. Yeah, I think both both trips were, were great. Like, you could tell the companies, like, the the budget was – either there was no budget or it was just astronomical. Um, but, yeah, the the only – the only thing I thought it was was better on the Kawasaki one was having your own dedicated bike, whereas the Yamaha one, you kind of just walked up and jumped on whatever one was free. I think that that was a big bonus on the Kawasaki one. But um, in terms of in terms of bike, I think like Rocco's Ranch just not your typical Spanish track. Like it was mulchy, deep, hard. Like did suck a lot of power, whereas the French one was typical france hilly hard um you're really relying on a lot of sort of rear wheel traction um which the yamaha did great and i kind of felt that the kawasaki would also do really well at that but where it was so mulchy you were just sort of leaning over and big mulchy berms and just fucking twisting the throttle right around um but yeah i mean they're both enjoyable obviously one was a 250 Mm. one was a 450 um so hard to say but yeah, I mean, I would yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say one was <clears throat> one was better than the other for sure, bike wise and trip wise. Like there was, you could tell there was, they they were there to sort of make you happy. Obviously, if, if we go there and have a shit time, leaves a sour taste in your mouth. You might do a bit of a half hearted review, pick out all the negative things. Whereas if they sort of go all out, look after you, sort of give you the wine dine and 69 you a little bit they uh hopefully you'll um go away with a smile on your face look at all the positives and rather than just writing down the negatives maybe just write down sort of things that you'd change or things like that that sort of come at a a more positive light rather than just being super doom and gloom about the whole situation yeah, mate, that's really cool. Cool to hear. Yeah, obviously different things, and it's obviously you're taking a bit of time out of your work to do them. So obviously you're pretty happy that you get treated and looked after well, mate. And on the future, you've got a few things lined up as well. I know the Moto Click suspension probably do that this weekend. So tell everyone a little bit about that and how it works. It's kind of pretty innovative and sort of game changing product, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, uh, a guy called Jens from from Ireland 
he's coming over this weekend and we're doing a test with uh, a, a, a suspension tool called MotoClick. Uh, and it basically, you, you, you tell it tell the, the app what bike you're on. Um, you have little little sensors on your suspension. And it, um, I mean, the long and short of it is it tells you if you need to go, if you need to adjust the clickers on your high speed, your low speed, your compression, your rebound, basically just get the the most out of your suspension pretty much like if there's if you're not going right the way through the stroke at all anywhere on the track then it'll tell you you need to soften the suspension up a little bit or if you're bottom bottom bottoming out um four or five times a lap it'll tell you to stiffen it up a little bit um but yeah i'm super keen to have a day with him to really get into it and how the ins and outs of it, how it works, how the sensors work, sort of if they've had any teething problems. Um yeah, basically anything like that. I mean you set you can GPS the track so it can even tell you where where the suspension's working its best, where it's not working properly, where it's too soft, where it's too hard. Um yeah, basically you can that it will tell you everything you need to know about your suspension to make it the best for you. Obviously, suspension is different for for every rider, so yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I think is seems like a bit of kit everyone's going to be um, having in their toolbox within the next sort of three or four years. I think so. Yeah, super interested to get out and try that. Fingers crossed the weather holds out. And we have a we have a decent track, not just a a bog to ride around in. But um, yeah, I mean a lot a lot of people I speak to don't really know how to set up their suspension properly. So I think this is a yeah going to be a good tool for a lot of guys and gals. So yeah, absolutely, mate. Well said. We look forward to sort of hearing your findings from that one, mate. And I guess to chat a little bit of racing. Obviously, the AMA Supercross is sort of what's on everyone's mind and agenda at the moment. It's going to be massive A1 come the start of January, mate. So I guess looking at an early sort of preview, who are your favourites, mate? It's probably hard to go past Jet and Sexton at this point. Then you got Tomac returning. It will be incredible. And it was awesome to see the Lawrence brothers do what they did at Paris, especially Hunter. Probably surprised a few people with that excellent riding. And then you just got guys like Roxon, Webb, Barsha, AC, AP. You know, there's so many dudes. Craig and Mookie coming back from injury. Justin Cooper could be a guy that gets overlooked a bit. Ferrandis on that Honda. There's so many guys that can win races. There's absolutely stacked class. And Dean Wilson, these kind of guys, they're just stars everywhere, isn't it, mate? It's going to be pretty hard for some of those privateers to make main events isn't it and obviously from an aussie point of view aaron tanty will be racing the 450 class in supercross and he's an absolute weapon just recovering from that nasty injury he got a wsx not long home actually from abu dhabi i believe so yeah wish him all the best when he you know gets over there and starts putting in the laps ahead of supercross he's an excellent rider so we really cool to see how he goes too mate so what are sort of the things you're looking forward to mate who is your early favorite and it's going to be massive isn't it yeah <clears throat> i think uh Early favorite, I don't know. It's hard to bet against Jet just after after watching him in Paris and how comfortable he looked. Um, I know obviously Tomac and Sexton weren't there. Um, <clears throat> if Sexton was still on Honda, it might be a different story. I think I'd probably give him the nod, but changing manufacturers completely different. Obviously, moving to a steel frame, uh, Tomac. 
I, f- I fully expect him to be back where he was before the injury. So, but obviously it wasn't it wasn't the Tomac that we'd seen in years past. It wasn't like blister and speed Tomac. It was kind of there every weekend kind of Tomac. So, be interesting to see how he comes out at round one. I don't think he's going to be going out there. It's not not expecting to win, but I don't think his game plan is win or bust. So, whereas, uh, yeah, I feel like Lawrence is, even though he's got a, sort of a, a bright head on his shoulders, I kind of feel like he's got the pressure of, I need to go out and smash it at A1 and sort of put a bit of a stamp on this, saying this is like mine, mine to lose. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, I think I think those... And then Roxon obviously is he's he's pretty good as well. So <laughs> I think you're gonna see them four a lot at the front. Um four, three, four. Yeah, those four a lot at the front. And I think then you're gonna see like Hunter, Webb, uh <clears throat> Anderson, a sort of that sort of group, and then I kind Better's of Jorge Prado for the well. Yeah, I mean Prado was it first three rounds? Uh, <clears throat> I think he's going to go seven, four, five in the first three rounds. I think he'd take that. Um, yeah, I think just as long as he can carry those starts over from the GPs and he's starting up front, I see no reason why not. I think the usually the first few tracks are more tame. Then, then the rest of the year, obviously, they don't want to fucking spangle their guys before we get to round five. So usually the tracks are a little, a little bit tamer. The whips are a little bit tamer. So that's obviously going to play in his favor. A good start, like fifteen solid minutes, and I think he's there thereabouts. Obviously, I I, I wouldn't expect him to start fifteenth and work his way up to fifth. That's just not. I don't see that happening. But I could see him starting second in just sort of settling in and sort of filtering back to the fifth or sixth. But, I mean, fucking hell, if someone would say, <clears throat> your first 450 Supercross, you're going to finish sixth. And it's the first Supercross you've ever done and you're against Jet Lawrence and Chase Sexton and Tomac and the list of riders just goes on and on. I think you'd take that every day of the week. Yeah, it's pretty so... tough, isn't it? It's going to be so hard. Obviously, one thing's riding it and then the next thing's <clears> racing. Supercross, obviously, he's got that experience from a few years ago, just doing a test. But yeah, it's going to be quite the baptism yeah. of fire for him. And obviously speaking to JT recently, he was sort of of the mindset, maybe like just wait it out and, you know, do this MXGP year and then have a full proper wholehearted assault on it next year. But I suppose he's pretty impatient about it, wants to sort of get his feet wet early. And I guess nothing can really prepare you for it other than racing and just to see how you go, because it's going to be pretty intimidating, pretty daunting in that cauldron at A1 for him. But you know, he's got all the skill, the speed, the technique. So just transferring it to American racing is going to be so fascinating. You know, obviously a lot of people saying he might be underestimating the step up to Supercross because it is a completely different beast, isn't it? But I suppose if anyone can do it the way he rides a bike in pretty safe, cautious, measured manner, he's sort of a, quite a safe ride, doesn't crash much. So I guess if anyone can do it, it'd probably be him, mate, isn't it? Yeah, I think obviously he would have been riding with like Craig and Mookie and like that KTM group. And if he was off the pace, I don't think he'd be doing it. He he's not gonna he's not gonna go out there and make himself look like a knob. So I'm assuming he's on pace with those guys at least. So You must I mean, be confident. Yeah, I mean Craig, Mookie, 
they're capable of battling out in that top ten. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I see him fitting in. Obviously, racing is totally different to practicing in the week. Um, but <clears throat> like like he's a he's a two time MX two world champion, MXGP champion. It's not it's not his first time like in the rodeo. Obviously, Supercross is different, but. Yeah, I don't I don't see things like pressure and all that being an issue for him. It'll just be a case of can he replicate that practice track speed when he's got four or five guys either side of him. It's gonna be the it will be the biggest issue. But yeah, I'm just like looking down the list, riders, and it's just like either they've won a four fifty title at some point or a two fifty title at some point. Yeah, yeah it'd be good to a... see how the beta guys go to Bloss and Nichols. Mm. Yeah. I mean I mean the videos I've seen. Um, Benny looks he looks comfortable on the on the beta. Um, be interesting to see how it handles, sort of in the whoops and in the corners and stuff. But yeah, gonna be I mean, good, obviously. Colt, having Colt obviously. Nichols as a great tester, obviously there was so much positive feedback about all the work he did at HRC Honda. There, you know, maybe the results didn't match up. He had a few injuries going on, like you were saying as well, sort of battling mm-hmm. through them during the season. But he started off the season really well last year. Great result. But yeah, he's an awesome rider. Won that final moto at World Supercross WSX. So he's an amazingly talented rider and a great tester as well. He's got awesome feedback that he can provide the technicians and the team to sort of make those gains and maybe fast track and streamline the process. So having an asset like him is a great thing for beta and a great thing for Nichols, isn't it mate yeah i mean yeah colt was a great a great guy to have on your team obviously 250 west east one of them the i want to say it's east but i think it was the year they it was all switched but yeah either way 250 supercross champion like a couple of years ago yeah hrc factory honda last year he would have like been riding with sexton and people like that so he knows he knows what what it takes like to be a championship winning machine um which obviously is ideal for a, a company like beta which is their first year in supercross he sort of knows where a good benchmark is so yeah i think they're i think they're going to come out pretty strong um are we seeing the triumph in supercross or is it outdoors the first one <clears throat> do you know i believe it'll be supercross in 250 yeah so they is it I don't know who they've got. Is it Moseman? Is that one of the Yeah, all is reports is Moseman and Swole. Swole, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... And then Evan to... Berry on Futures and doing maybe some other <laughs> Supercross, but we'll just see. And then Savachi's going to do 250 outdoors mm. when, obviously, because of that whole debacle about the points system that yeah. has sort of ignited quite a few Twitter wars and <laughs> conversations, and it's always sort of interesting to keep track of that. But, yeah. He'll be a probably contender yeah. for outdoors, like we were saying last time, weren't we, mate? He's such a good rider. He's usually <clears> a great starter. And against a lot of those kids who are a little bit probably inexperienced compared to him, he's sort of been there, seen it all and done it. So it'll be good to see that. But yeah, just seeing how the triumph goes will be fascinating, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Super interested to see just how the triumph stacks up against, like, obviously, Pro Circuit and Star and all the other guys. But Moseman, Swole, both off factory equipment, factory husky, factory gas, gas. So... Um, yeah, they're gonna know how well those bikes like were running, and they'll know what to compare it to. So I don't, I they should have a pretty decent package under them. I think I was just I was having a read the other day about just the <clears throat> the Triumph that you can buy. It comes, it's a pretty packed out bike for what you actually get for your money, like a full titanium exhaust and uh, KYBA kit. 
you get a, a a decent amount of stuff. So I think um I think we're going to see quite a few triumphs out on track next year. In the You'd be keen to have a test, like... no doubt, mate. Mm-hmm. Should be pretty cool to see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, it's a UK brand, so I feel like we need a UK test guy testing it. It seems only fair. Yeah, it seems to make good yeah. sense, mate. That's for sure. And obviously, just to touch on a couple of 250 guys before we sort of wrap this one up, but Levi Kitchen, obviously, moving to pro circuits, going to be fascinating to follow that. Obviously, he was pretty happy to get out of Star Yamaha in a lot of ways. Sort of got a bit over that sort of brutal training environment where it's just battling every day. It's just grinding every day and sort of chasing the clock. And he's pretty happy to have that freedom. You hear him saying in that recent interview as well. He's spoken to MX Vice last year. He's a really great bloke. And yeah, just super talented rider as well so it'll be really interesting to see how he goes switching teams and there's no reason why he can't be a title contender no matter what coast he's on obviously him Deegan Shimoda even Faulkner you feel like he's probably a bit overlooked just because of the so much inactivity through injuries and lost time but the talent's there and there's some really interesting sort of open title races that are going to develop in that class, especially with the Lawrence brothers leaving, you know, vacating those titles. So it'll just be fascinating, mate. It should be like a different winner every week almost, I reckon. Even Max Dancy throw it in there again. Why not? Yeah, I think um I got I got a lot of time for Faulkner. Um <clears throat> obviously being through the fucking ringer the last few years. Um, if he can sort of find that form that he had when he was battling with Frandis for the title and dominating the the 2019 season before injury, um, he's going to be a, a real threat for one for one of the coasts. Obviously, you've got Deegan and Shimoda, probably your two favourites heading in. Um, Even McAdoo is a great rider if he could just stay fit. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you've got like people like McAdoo, Thrasher. Uh, there's there's a good group like Enzo Lopes, obviously moving to Star yep. Yamaha. I expect him to like make a a, a decent jump. Um, even yeah, Brown there's... and Hamaker, they've got some seriously elite speed too. Just see if they can piece it all together and stay yeah. on the ground. It'll be pretty like cool. Robert Robertson, mm. Daxton Bennick, obviously, sort of rookie in the Jordan class. Smith will be fast. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Smith, that that other KTM guy, what's his name, Juju? Yeah, Bo Mare and Vial. Bo Mare, he goes he'll second be, year. In. He'll be decent. Yeah, Vial second year. Um, I expect Vial to make a a decent jump to regular podium guy. I wanted to ask year. you about Ryder D as well. Obviously he started piecing it together at the end of last season. And then on the switch to the gas gas this year, it'd be pretty cool to see if he can sort of get those starts replicating and just get that feel of getting towards the front even more in supercross like he did in outdoors and even SMX. Yeah. I kind of hope he's sort of been working with Barsha um, <clears throat> and sort of, I mean, obviously Barsha's a, a, a unique rider but he's he's one that's been there he's done it he's won two 250 titles in in the east coast so he he knows what it takes to get the job done and i think i, th- I just think rider d got a little bit lost on on the pro circuit program being in a team with that many people i think some things just sort of slipped through the net and uh yeah i kind of would like to think he's Gas Gas, he's sort of being held a bit more accountable. He's got a bit more time with the mechanics and people like that. So, uh, yeah, I expect him to sort of jump up a little bit next year and be battling that top five consistently. But, I mean, yeah. We obviously, we don't know who's on what coast as of yet. But I would 
I kind of would have thought Deegan and Shimoda would be West Coast. Um, yeah. but yeah, apart from that, I don't, I can't, I don't really know who else is probably going to go well. I don't think anyone's really injured from what I've heard. Yeah, it's all seeming pretty good. I think Anstey's definitely ace, just to give him a little bit of time after that World Supercross and Aussie Supercross, so he'll definitely back himself yeah. to do some great things there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I was Vial, I'd probably go, I'd be looking at West as well. Just a uh, harder pack, hard pack tracks usually. Um, I kind of feel like they'd see him a little bit more than the, the tight sort of East Coast dirt tracks. Because... Um, yeah, I mean, Paris is relatively tight, quite soft, <clears throat> and he, he didn't really look that great compared to Shimoda. So, yeah, but ifs and buts, candies and nuts and all that. So <laughs> I guess we'll just have to wait. Yeah, it'll be fascinating, mate. And just sort of to wrap it up, I guess what you were saying about, you know, Vial, the adaptation of Supercross was quite challenging and he's a really technical, precise rider and i suppose being in the 250 class and prado just moving straight into that 450 class the main class the premier class it's a massive step isn't it mate so i guess that'll probably be the storyline that'll be garnering a lot of the attention to kick things off mate we definitely can't wait and we'll do a few more podcasts to sort of discuss it further no doubt and look forward to getting guys like jt back on and maybe some of the whiskey throttle guys to sort of do some more collab podcasts because yeah, they're doing great work and they were at the ktm launch yesterday which is sort of building the hype and excitement mate so just before we let you go and wrap this one up brad any final thoughts obviously you got the moto click coming up but yeah anything else in the works and just enjoying life testing across europe mate at the moment yeah just off globe trotting living the dream <laughs> um obviously back in england at the moment weather's absolute dire um but yeah trying and try and get a few more tests in before before christmas and then hopefully as we sort of get into january the weather will pick back up and we can uh do a bit do a bit more testing a bit more consistently but i believe uh a gentleman over in your land is sending out some gear i think um, yeah hostile <clears> hand where yeah. you got some gear on the way i believe mate yeah that'd be super cool to uh test that one out um hopefully it's not built for australian weather only uh i'll have to wait till about june to test that one <laughs> but yeah i mean that looks decent so yeah super excited to do that and uh yeah, as always, thanks to Yamaha UK as well for obviously lending us the YZ450 for the year. Um, yeah, hopefully get out, test some hard parts on that as well. So that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah, mate, exciting times ahead for sure. And before I let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AFC Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. Also, a special shout out to Whole Shop Motorhomes for jumping on board to sponsoring these next podcasts. Whole Shop Motorhomes is the UK's specialist motorhome dealer for motorsport transport. They specialize in garage motorhomes and race fans that are suitable for a wide variety of sports, such as motocross, enduro, karting, mountain biking, and more. So go check them out online. Check out their Premier Commander motorhome that's sure to fit your needs. Check them out on their website, on our website, and on our YouTube video for more information. So we look forward to seeing more from them and seeing more from you in the future too. Brad, thanks again for joining us, mate. And we definitely look forward to chatting next time. Yeah, cheers, bud. Bye-bye. No worries, mate. Have a good one.